Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. I think that uh, they do what they're really good at and I do what I'm good at. It. And that's pretty much how we run Colour Property and it's, yeah, it's really nice. Makes for a really nice culture. This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Tyrone Shump and in this episode, we continue our conversation with Susan Farquhar, CEO of research-based consultant company, Color Property. After losing all her properties during the GFC, Farquhar shares how she built her property portfolio back up from scratch, how she runs her business and some interesting insights into her soul-feeding hobbies. Now with Color Property, Farquhar's mindset has changed to incorporate her clients and their goals with her own. For property, I've got, I've, you know, I just rely on Color Property and, and our research methodology, um, and you know, have that's that's fantastic to have that resource, obviously. Um, so, but in terms of business, I think you know, being able to partner with really good people who can add value to your clients—that's really the biggest thing for me. Um, our slogan is building your dreams. And so we curate our clients' wealth creation team that helps build their dreams. And, uh, but they also help me build my dreams. And, and, you know, it's kind of a 360 thing. So I've got fantastic mortgage brokers for my clients, you know, fantastic property lawyers, um, fant- fantastic property managers. And I very much rely on them. Um, for information that I need to to make sure that I'm still current and doing a good job. Like, you know, when there are changes to lending policy or, uh, you know, I, I know that I can talk to my broker about that or, or one of my brokers who I refer clients to and just say, okay, what's happening with interest only? <laughs> you know, what, what am I, you know, can we still get 80, uh, 90% LVR for an interest only loan for an investment property? Um, if so, what's the rate? You know, so I know that when I'm doing the cash flow for my clients, I'm, you know, I, I stress everything, but it's, there's enough fat in it to actually, you know, reflect reality and uh, reality plus shocks, really. While working as a property investment consultant, Farquhar is always looking to explain all the reasoning and research to her clients to share her knowledge and make sure they understand the logics behind their investment. Back then, my first client who was really, really, really savvy, she had already bought uh, two investment properties in Sydney and she is really good at research as well and she said, I want to invest in Brisbane and that's where my research had taken us as well. So, um, you know, I and I think what's, what's unique about what I do is it's not just presenting the research it's or sorry presenting the properties it's really showing the research behind it what are the macro drivers of capital growth why brisbane what's the infrastructure what's the supply and demand what's the 
um, you know, the population, the demographics, the net interstate migration, net overseas migration, natural population growth. Um, you know, like really putting a whole lot of information together around it um, about why we're recommending this particular property. So we've got a lot of the information on the macro and then the micro. So that's, um, you know, so why would we recommend, you know, um, I don't know, back then it was like, why would we recommend Kedron over Cannon Hill, for example? You know, similar proximity to the CBD. And what type of property? Are we looking at apartments or townhouses or house and land? So uh, really making that very clear to the client so that there aren't any smoke and mirrors. This isn't magic. This is research. Um, and then presenting a number of properties that fit their criteria based on their budget. So we focus on the cash flows, not the kitchen, right? So to forget the pretty pictures. This is an investment property. How is this property going to perform? So then I do the cash flow. So we do a straight line cash flow, which is basically what this property will cost you week on week in, week out. Farquhar also looks to budget everything and calculate all the numbers before making an investment. And then we do our research on the market rent for a property like that and then uh, use that use that figure for our cash flow so that you know your net your net annual position, right? And then we can break that down. Now, why that's so important is it's not about whether a property is cash flow positive or cash flow negative, right? You could have a fantastic property that's $5,000 a year cash flow negative that could suit someone quite well. But if they're very tight, like we've got, you know, one family we're dealing with at the moment, um, only one income earner, two young two young children, and they'd like to have a third one. And they, they're really quite tight in terms of their budget. They can comfortably borrow what you know what they've needed to to buy a house that we're recommending in in Brisbane, but they really don't have a lot more beyond that that I would feel comfortable them you know dipping into. So um, based on that, there were a number of number of opportunities that we discounted because it's just like no, I don't even want you to be ten dollars a week out of pocket um, because if any of these figures change in the first twelve months, you know um, that could be too stressful for you, and I know what that feels like. By basing all her decisions for her clients on solid research, she ensures she leads them to success. That's also one of the things I love about you know what I do and the ethics behind what I do and what I teach and train our you know my BDMs is you have to know what it feels like uh, to lose a property you know because you can't afford it. It's awful, and it's I'm just so glad that happened to me when I was so young because I had so long to recover from that. But if that happened to you when you're 50 and this is your first property, that's just unacceptable. You know, that's, that's you can't, you just can't do that. So um, yeah, so you know, I really I take that that kind of that stuff very seriously. You know, you're dealing with people's money, you're dealing with people's future, you know, and their hopes and dreams, especially in retirement. So um, that's why I keep, you know, like uh, the research now, Color Property Insights. Um, incorporates 130 points of criteria. I think I started out with 24. You know, it just keeps growing and growing. The more I learn, the more I see, the more I realise. I mean, a classic example is that awful, um, awful case of the um, apartment block that went up in flames in in England. Um, you know, cladding, cladding wasn't something that we'd really thought of. You know, we wasn't on our radar. We were, we looked at cladding as in, in terms of the way we look at inclusions, um, and looked at ratings and so forth. 
Um, but the ratings, you know, I, the ratings weren't um, current enough either. You know, people like the ratings agencies didn't realise that this was happening either. So, um, you know, so that's something that we now incorporate into our research, just you know, as an example. Farquhar has no fears while purchasing her first investment property back in the 1990s. I literally, I had I had cash from my business, um, and my you know my partner and I bought a block of land for twenty seven thousand dollars. So I think we only had like five thousand dollars or something. It was all we needed. Um, and back then, I had a bank manager who just really believed in me, you know. And um, uh, yeah, it was really amazing. It was it was really like having a finance partner for all of those properties at the beginning. Um, not all of them because uh, not the low doc loan that I got. That was through a broker who was a friend. Um, so yeah, I I didn't. I I I wish I'd had a different mindset though, Tara, and I wish I had understood more about what can go wrong with property. Uh, where I just sort of heard that. I mean, this is we're talking like 1995, right? So and I was so young. So it's not like I'd read books about this stuff. It's just I'd heard that you did well with property, so that's what I did. She had no strategy when she bought her first few properties and since then learned to be more calculative with what property she decides to invest in. I did the classic things wrong like, oh, I know this area. I don't know this area. I knew nothing about it. I didn't know about, you know, the infrastructure that was proposed. I didn't know how long, you know, the, the, that bloody road from Sydney to the Blue Mountains took 20 years when it was meant to take five, you know. Um, I didn't know the unemployment rate. I didn't know the average rental return. I mean, I bought property that was on land that I could have actually done very, very well with and I actually did end up selling that to a developer who ended up doing exactly what I what I planned to do. Um, but then, you know, I had a, a tiny baby and I was on my own and I just didn't have the bandwidth to deal with it. So, but yeah, I wish certainly that was, I mean, that was my third property. I wish for the first two, I'd had a little bit more awareness of what I needed to know. I mean, the first property, not so much because that was for my own home and, and I, we actually did very, very well out of that because of the value add, you know, by adding a, a house onto it. But the second one, I mean, I bought that house because it was like a little three bedroom weatherboard with terracotta tiles, really well made. Um, but I bought it because it had a tiled bath. I thought that was cool. <laughs> Again, it's that's like why that. I focus on cash flows, not kitchens. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, it's like that beautiful kitchen because we all fall in love with those. Yeah. yeah, totally. And look, I never lived there. I was never going to live there. So why did I care about the bath? I shouldn't have cared about any of it. Um, so, yeah, it was um, – I wish I had had more awareness, but I don't know. I mean, unless you had a parent who taught you that stuff, it just wasn't something that was very well known or understood. You know, there's so there's so many more people who can help you now um, than what was around then. But I, it, I just didn't even occur to me to look for someone to help me. I just thought that property did well. As for the best advice she's ever received, Farquhar recalls the classic, do what you love to do. I think that probably the first one that springs to mind that it, it took me a long time to actually hear this, I think, but it was, it, it's, a, it's a classic one, but it's just, you know, do what you really want to do and, you know, love what you do and you'll never work a day in your life. Um, yeah, I really love that. And I, and I love that I'm now living that. Like I had a really tough week a couple of weeks ago because of a, just a mistake that an external party made. And, um, 
And, you know, it was just, it was really, really hard. And it made me realize how few bad days I have, you know, <laughs> like that was, it was only a couple of days and it was so significant because every day a color property is a, you know, a happy, sunshiny day. You know, we really just have such a great time here. But where that's really helped me is when it comes to um, people management. Um, I've set up the systems within my within my company and my um, you know HR systems that I make sure that everyone who has a role with me is just doing what they love and not very much that they don't like doing. So if you look at the BDMs, for example, all they do is is talk to clients. They don't do any paperwork, any admin. They don't have to create presentations. They don't have to take an EOI through to contract and settlement. They've got an account manager who will do all of that with them. So a dedicated account manager for every single client who isn't the BDM, right? So because salespeople, they're not very good at it and they don't like it. And, you know, it's not, it's not where they're best utilized within a business. She also applies this advice to all employees since their start at her company. And whenever I bring on a new person who's in an admin role, I get the existing admin, admin people to just write down what they love about their role and what they hate about their role or not necessarily hate but, you know, things that they'd rather not do during the day. And then we make sure that we can take that away from them and, and allocate that to the new person. So we make sure that we get somebody on who likes doing that stuff, right? So, um, you know, that, that's something that works really well. Um, and I think it's also something that helps us relate to our clients. You know, there's endless amount of information out there. Um, and, you know, our clients are smart, savvy business people, a lot of them, or professionals. Um, you know, I'm sure they could, they could do fairly well and have a pretty, pretty educated guess at where would be a good place to invest. Um, but they understand that this is something that I love, that I'm good at, and, you know, then it's worthwhile deferring that to me. So, yeah, I think that's uh, they do what they're really good at and I do what I'm good at. It. And that's pretty much how we run Colour Property and, it's yeah, it's really nice. It makes for a really nice culture. Coming up after the break, Farquhar shares more about the most contributing habit to her success what do I actually want to be doing that would make me feel really fulfilled rather than busy? Her plans for the future? It wasn't just a job for me. I had a bigger vision than that. I just needed someone to kind of articulate that for me, you know? Um, and that's where I decided that I really wanted to invest in Color Property and grow it. And that's next. I'm Tyron Shum and you're listening to Property Investory. Hey podcast listeners, are you interested in small investments with big profits? If the answer is yes, then register your interest at propertyinveststory.com. When you sign up, you'll receive deals at wholesale price which I've negotiated with the vendor. These deals generate positive cash returns from day one and I only send these out exclusively to my community. To find out more, visit propertyinveststory.com. Now back to the show. One of Farquhar's most contributing habits to her success is her ability to focus down and rid herself of any unproductive activities and distractions. Part of that comes from at the beginning of the year, 
So I've lived in Sydney now for 10 years, right? And one of the things that really bugs me about people in Sydney that I hadn't noticed in other places, mind you, I've been living in the Blue Mountains for 12 years, is that you'd say, hey, how are you? And people would say, people would respond with busy. And it's like, well, that's not a, that's not how you are. That's just what you're doing. Like, you know, everyone's busy. Like, what? how are you? And people would just say busy. And it used to really bug me because I was like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> but it's also, it's also, that's, that's not a, it's a choice, you know, like that's, and if, you know, I don't know, it just didn't really, it's not something I like the sound of. Anyway, in January this year, someone said, how are you? And I said, busy. And I went, oh, my God, I'm, I've just done that thing that I hate. <laughs> so, I, but as I said, I've always said this is a choice. So I thought, okay, what does that mean for me if I say I'm busy? So I actually realised that the things that I really have never liked doing were creeping into my day. So coming home, being tired, sitting down and watching TV for hours or, you know, mucking around on Facebook on the on the bus and, you know, social media and stuff, things that don't have any value for me, any intrinsic value. Um, it's just not something that I derive a huge amount of joy from. It's a distraction. Um, so I thought, okay, if I, it, it, you know, everyone's got the same amount of time in the day. Um, what do I actually want to be doing that would make me feel really fulfilled rather than busy, which to me just seems like a, an abstract distraction, right? So I thought, okay, I really want to, we just come back from Mexico and Cuba and uh, it's like, okay, I'd like, I'd like to learn Spanish. Um, I want to read more books um, and I want to play the piano and I also do, I do pottery still um, and also, you know, and get fit. And um, I thought, well, how, how the hell am I going to cram all of that into my day? Due to this habit, Farquhar has started to participate in more productive hobbies. And it's like, well, you know, you take away five hours of distraction, it's actually not very difficult to fit that into your day or certainly into your week. So, you know, this year has been all about making sure that I, you know, do pottery because for me that's a very, I need that creative outlet. Um, and I find it really relaxing and, you know, it's a really, you know, it's my happy place, you know. Um, and, you know, I, I swim in summer, so I was swimming a lot then and, um, you know, really enjoy doing that. Um, reading for pleasure as well as for business. Um, you know, got it, got into reading books again, playing the piano. Spanish hasn't quite worked. It's just too much. <laughs> and, and also I, I pick up languages very, very easily. Like I speak, you know, probably 10 languages pretty well. Wow. So, yeah, so I'm actually better off just going to the country for a month and then I'll be fluent anyway. So it, that's that kind of makes more sense to me than trying to, you know, I mean, I did subscribe to um, Babel and, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and look, to be honest, in, uh, you know, being in Cuba and, um, and Mexico for two weeks, I actually got by pretty well on the Spanish that I had. Um, in fact, my uh, my fiance said to me, oh, I didn't know you spoke Spanish. And I said, no, no neither did I. <laughs> <laughs> Pick it up so, on but I speak French fluently, so it's kind of, it's not that difficult to kind of, you know, put on a bit of a French accent and, and uh, sorry, Spanish accent when you're speaking French. It's yeah. very convincing. <laughs> That's phenomenal. And a few hand gestures, you know, yeah, like yeah. you get you get away with a lot. During her spare time now, Farquhar participates in soul-feeding hobbies rather than simply lounging around watching TV as she did before. That was really a very conscious decision to, okay, I, I'm not going to be watching TV and I'm not going to 
be, you know, I took Facebook off my phone and, um, you know, if I want to access Facebook, I, I can, but I have to be at a computer, which, you know, I, that's just at work. And when I'm at work, I don't have time for that. So, um, yeah, so that's been a really good decision, you know, in terms of habits. And that's something that I would like to continue. Um, I actually noticed a few weeks ago that I was starting to just, I got addicted to suits. Okay. So that's my confession. <laughs> uh, so, that's and I TV had a, show. Yep. Oh, fantastic, isn't it? I'm on the eighth season, right? And I just can't. I'm, I can only watch one episode like a month because I just don't want it to end. Oh. <laughs> After binge watching, you know, the first seven seasons, I'm taking the eighth one very slowly. Oh, so, happens. Yes. Yeah, so I realised that I was spending, you know, weekends on the couch watching Suits and it's like that's, you know, that's fine when it's winter and it's cold and stuff, but it's just not really me. So, um, you know, just in the last few weeks, it's like not turning the TV off, playing the piano, um, going to the gym and, yeah, it's, it's, that's a really nice thing. Things that feed my soul, you know, rather than just make me feel like I've done nothing. So she met herself 10 years ago. What would she say to her? Do this sooner. <laughs> yeah, I really wish I had done this sooner. Um, you know, while I'm, you know, I'm really glad and very proud of everything that I've achieved to date that wasn't colour property. Um, nothing, nothing satisfies me or yeah there's nothing I've loved as much as color property you know I just I just so enjoy helping my clients invest well in property and make them feel secure and looked after and I think we just do it in such a nice way where we really you know the client is is front and center of everything um you know we get invited to well I've you know me and some of the team get invited to clients birthdays and weddings and christenings oh how lovely you know yeah, it's beautiful. Like we just become such a close um, part of their their family, really, and they're they're very much part of our family. You know, Kala actually is the initials of my family, and it's you know the it's actually the first and last point of research in our 130 points. It's like if I wouldn't recommend this to my family, I won't won't recommend it to a client. So that's that's very much the philosophy that we have. It's it's in our training. It's in our vision, mission, values. Um, very and, and it's how I treat my staff as well. You know, they've, they're very much a part of my family now as well. Um, and, and I love that. You know, I love growing a team that's so, um, yeah, they're just fantastic. I just love my team. You know, they're so fantastic, contribute enormously to me personally as well as professionally. It's surprising to me actually how much I really just love property. You know, I've always loved research. I've always loved numbers. But, um, yeah, there's just something, uh, you know, nothing, there's, there's no other asset class that performs as consistently well long-term as property. And that's just a nice nice space to play in. While Farquhar has grown her property portfolio since losing most of them in the GFC, her primary focus is now in her business. We've got a, you know, a nice portfolio that's, quite well-rounded in terms of different markets and, you know, having that risk, um, you know, risk uh, mitigation, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but really, uh, you know, really what I've um, – another aha moment, if you like, is uh, after the – after the, I've been running the business for two years on my own, I was sitting down with a girlfriend who I did my MBA with and her husband and we're just talking about it and he's done very well in business and – um anyway he's I was just sort of talking about what I wanted to do like 
you know, the first two years I quite had quite a nice lifestyle, you know, the income was coming in and I didn't really have to work particularly hard. You know, all the everything was sort of already done. It was just a matter of, you know, networking and meeting clients and um and he just he just said to me really clearly, he said, Suze, you just need to decide whether this is going to be a lifestyle business or a business that you grow into something. And I'd never really heard those terms before, you know, like a lifestyle business. And I thought, oh, that's really interesting. And it it took me probably another year to decide, or probably another six months actually, to decide that even though this was, you know, quite a cushy job, um, if it was just a job, it wasn't just a job for me. I had a bigger vision than that. I just needed someone to kind of articulate that for me, you know. Um, And that's where I decided that I really wanted to invest in colour property and grow it. She hopes to continue to grow colour property and eventually work on her own property portfolio in the future. You know, I went from one to seven employees in 12 months and, you know, I plan on doubling that in the next year. So, and that'll just keep on going. So now I've got, you know, and and I've got probably 15 external um, suppliers that are regular yeah, they're like my colour property marketing team, but they're external or PR or, you know, IT, my IT department, <laughs> um, accounting, bookkeeping, you know, HR, all the things that you need to, to run a company. So um, I've kind of, um, my partner's still investing, um, but uh, I'm kind of using, uh, reinvesting colour property money to keep growing colour property so that I can help more and more clients. Um, and then probably in the next 12 months, I'll get back into, you know, c- continuing to grow my portfolio. When considering the broader side of her property journey, Farquhar believes luck wasn't a big factor in her success. I would say I haven't had particularly good luck. <laughs> <laughs> but if I had been more intelligent and worked harder when I was younger, I might have been luckier. <laughs> Look, I think, you know, that that adage, you know, the harder I work, the luckier I get is is really true. Um, but I am, you know, I really uh, set out to prove myself wrong um, or to find holes in my argument. You know, I'm not interested in um, an agenda or, you know, I, I challenge confirmation bias all the time. Um, I think it's just, it's so, and that's why my research methodology has gone from 24 points to 130. And probably this time next year, we'll be at 150. You know, the the more I learn, the more I want to add to it, the better I want to be. And, you know, that uh, we've got a very, we have a very funny thing around the office, you know, KZEN, which is continuous employment. And uh, every time, you know, any time that there's even the slightest issue, we go back over everything that we do and how can we improve our processes? What did we get wrong? Where was it not articulated well enough? Um, You know, how is that going to change the way we do things moving forward? So it's not about, you know, recrimination and blame. It's just like, okay, cool, this is a a gift, right? This is something that um, we could do better. And for our listeners who are interested in her story, you can reach her at? Uh, probably the best way is to either email me at susan at calaproperty.com.au or jump on our website, www.calaproperty.com.au. That's C-A-L-L-A property, sing- singular. Um, like us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram. Um, you know, very, it's pretty easy to find us really. <laughs> Thank you to Susan Farquhar 
our guest on this episode of Property Investory. If you want to hear more about her journey, then visit our website at propertyinveststory.com. Also, are you interested in small investments with big profits? If the answer is yes, simply text me your email address to 0499881040 to register your interest. When you sign up, you'll receive deals at wholesale price which I've negotiated with the vendor. These deals generate positive cash returns from day one and only send these out exclusively to my community. To find out more, text me your email address on 0499881040. Thanks for listening. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.